Hello and welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name is Dominic Mercurio, and I am here with Laura Weinbach. Hello. And our special guest of the evening, Alex Weston. Hi. You may know him as a Bay Area musician who plays in uh, Pecan Mancho and Foxtails Brigade, among others, and uh, is also, you know, is a professional juggalo um, or juggler if you if you want to. <laughs> Get more specific. Not a professional juggalo, just an amateur juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> He's just uh, an amateur juggalo trying to make it in the city. That is true. Um, and we are here tonight, or today, depending on when you're listening to it, um, to discuss the sequel uh, to the 1996 film, Train Spotting, and it is called T2 Train Spotting 2. I don't really know if like the T2 is necessarily part of the title, but I feel like it is. Is it? It's well, like look at, very I'm looking at the IMDb and it is. Judgment Day. Right. Yeah, it is. Judgment We're, Day as in Anton's band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a reference and, to that. You know, Terminator, but it's fine. Right. I wonder, okay, we should talk about that later. <laughs> if it's intentional. Well, uh, no, like not that it's intentional, but what it means mm. in terms of it being intentional. It could be, but we're going to get to that later yeah, because we'll be talking about that in the second half of the episode. Um, but first, uh, how you guys' uh, week been? How's... How are things? Maybe we'll start with you, Alex, since you're the um, since you're the guest of uh, the guest of, of the of guest of honor of the, the eve. Juggler of honor. Um, what have you been up to? I haven't actually seen you in a, in a while. Um, well, one week ago, I was at a juggling festival up in Juggalo, Northern California, up in Humboldt. Juggling. Oh, oh got it, got it, got it. Yeah, balls. Uh huh. Um, and uh, and I won a prize for blind juggling. Wow. Close my eyes and juggle. Took about 10 seconds to win that one. That's awesome. <laughs> so you juggled for 10 straight seconds blindfolded. That's kind of nice. Just with my eyes closed. Oh, with your eyes closed. Did yeah, you it was the honor system. Wow. Did you have to wear, system? wait, did you have to wear a loincloth too? Yes. Well, fuck yeah. Mandatory. I'd vote for you. Wait, you wore I'd vote for you in five cloth? seconds. <laughs> um, wait, what about a loincloth? Is that part of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or yeah, it should be if it's an not. Ancient <laughs> oh, it's an ancient technique. Code. It's actually something that was originally derived from the 1983 film Barbarians, starring <laughs> the twin barbarian men whose names I don't know, but if you haven't seen it, go see it. But Alex, carry on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. Juggling is great. I did a lot of juggling <laughs> this week. Uh, that was m- most of my week. Juggling, thinking yeah. about juggling. And then doing it, doing it, thinking about it, loving it, dreaming, feeling it. Yeah, last night in the city, uh, over at uh, City Dance uh, Dance Studios, mm-hmm. I was in a, I was in a kind of a multimedia performance. Uh, also, that's cool. Showing what? off oh, some what, of my what? juggling. What other kind of multimedia yeah. was there involved? There was popping, locking, ballet, uh, kind of spoken word, really? uh, poetry. Uh-huh. Music. So was it like club passing, contact juggling, uh, hat tricks? Oh, Whoa. cool! Was all was each and every performer that was part of the festival? Were they all performing on the same stage at different times, or was it like a bunch of stuff going on at various areas of the place where it was? Uh, well, juggling festivals. So yeah, last weekend I was in juggling festival, and then this weekend, last night I was in this separate dance show. But juggling festivals do have. Uh, at least in my experience, a pretty standard format of mm-hmm. workshops by day and then performances at night. All mm-hmm. on the same stage, the, the performances. Or are they on different stages? Like, do they have multiple stages? 
night one of the juggling festival, there's an informal show. Uh-huh. So that'll be one stage. Kind okay. Of, and it's more of an open mic, uh, unpolished, unpaid free acts. Uh-huh. And Just get your balls dirty kind of feel. And then the second night of a juggling festival, and this happens at, again at every juggling festival, is uh, like the main public show um, where they pay the people to perform their touring acts. On a stage or? Yes. Okay, one single stage. A it's a big thing. Oh, cool. And uh, strangely, <clears throat> most of the acts in the show were not juggling acts. Oh, really? You have, uh, yeah, silk, dancers, roller skating, mm-hmm. cup, juggling. I guess that's juggling. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned like hat tricks or like whatever and like hat all tricks, sorts of stuff. Glow stuff. Wait, are hat tricks like uh, magic tricks using a top hat? Or is it like the traditional a pulling hole? a rabbit out of one's hat? Or pulling a rabbit out of one's ass? Right, it could be that. That's more, that's what I'm asking. That's actually is an it ass that? I think all of those things fall into the hat tricks <laughs> oh. realm. Are there other stuff? Are there other things that fall into the hat tricks realm that we're not mentioning here? That we are. I was more specifically thinking about just spinning a hat around on your finger, uh-huh. throwing it up in the air, catching it on oh, your cool. head. Yeah, that's more fun. flourishy. Sure. Uh huh. Moves tricks you can do with. The hat that featured... And people love that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some people. I'm sure they would. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen some of the crazy videos. I love it. Well, I'll tell you this much. Alex is an amazing crystal ball guy. <laughs> like, he does this whole act where he has a, a, like, pretty, really, really heavy crystal ball. It's kind of, I don't know, maybe it's like the size of half of a bowling ball. And he is able to manipulate it in such a way that truly looks like it's floating in between his hands. And it's all just, it's, it takes years of practice. Am I right? To be able to get it to the point where you're, I can't talk about that at all. Okay. (laughs) Well, anyways, if you guys haven't seen it, it's really, really, truly like mind boggling and amazing how he's able to do it. Maybe we'll put like a video up or something as like a reference. He's really good. Yeah. He's he's, he's really good at it. And it's awesome because whenever we're hanging out, I'll just be like, yo, Alex, do that crystal ball shit. Yo, and get that crystal. <laughs> Yo, hook up that crystal, y'all. <laughs> and he makes it work. He makes it happen. It's like an amazing magician. He summons it, actually. It just comes out of nowhere. He, sum- he summons, yeah, he summons it. Mm-hmm. It's he's pretty like, wild. He's like, crystal ball. He does some low chant. Get your ass out He yeah. does some low chanting for a couple minutes, and all of a sudden, it's there. It just The ground right kind of swells, and yeah, it's the earth crumbles around us, and... It's but like it's a, fine. I mean, it's like a big bubble butt. It's ultimately worth it. right out of that know? ass. I picked up a new toy oh. at the juggling festival last weekend because they had a raffle on the third day. They have a raffle uh-huh. and uh, and also these competitions, like mm-hmm. the blind juggling. Uh, but in the raffle, I won some some new manipulation toys. Wow! That. First off, can we just remark on the fact that you won a raffle? That's awesome. <laughs> I've never won a raffle. Carry on. Well, you could you could enter for a lot of different prizes and and enter you just buy tickets and then you stick them in the uh-huh. jar for the corresponding prize. It still must and have been cool to win. There were a couple of prizes. I saw that there were no tickets in at all. Oh, so okay. I thought, <laughs> Today I'm gonna win a raffle. <laughs> That's <laughs> so I cool. Entered for for these. Um, well, I don't know what they are. They're just kind of two, two beads 
tied together with string, and then anal you just beads? kind of oh. yes, they look like <laughs> anal beads. They do. Oh wow, they what really does anal look, beads look like. Oh, now I get you. Okay, all right. Go Wait, on. Are, but that's okay. not what they are supposedly. Well, <laughs> do they have a dual use? They could. What is their use beyond an anal bead? That's what I want to know. Go go ahead and explain. When you the look magical. at them, the first thing that comes to mind is probably anal beads. <laughs> really? <laughs> what about neck beads? Could they be neck beads? Is it a long enough? Why do you guys have such dirty minds? It's like you take this simple magic bead and then you turn it into an anal bead. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> this is an outrage. Get me off. Are of anal podcast. beads not yeah, magical? It's they're not anal beads. They are object <laughs> manipulation toys that you know. You oh yeah, object flick manipulation. Your we know what that means. Fingers and. <laughs> Uh, oh my god this is so dirty increase your dexterity oh dexterity yeah okay all these words we know what they mean (laughs) double entendre i get you i get you you like to manipulate objects with your beads (laughs) so are you gonna yeah i want to see you do some tricks with these new beads Mm -hmm. are we gonna see some action pretty soon oh oh we just whipped them out oh shit whoa (laughs) oh my god if only you could see this crazy shit going on dude he's putting on a freaking two-time tony award winning like Gun show. Man, sort you of, wish you were here. That's all I got to say. That's a Wild it. West gun show. I'll destroy these now. So. Oh, oh my the God. Gone. Uh, if you I guys want to see this crap, you need to go on to Alex's website. Analbeadmanipulation.info. Analbead.org. You'll find all of the fun things to do there. All right. Dominic. Oh, me? You get to go first today. Tell me about your week and weekend review. Uh, it's been a good week. It's like nice weather out, you know, I like went to Dolores yesterday and like chilled out, just chilled, just did a chill sesh. Did you see any balls? Um, no. <laughs> At Dolores? No. Well, I mean, you know, they're like within clothes, I would say still, but oh, there's, they're around. They're always like, you know, roaming. Um, Every time I go to Dolores, I see at least two sets mm-hmm. of balls and I don't mean juggling mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. unless you're into that type of thing. But you do see the juggling at Dolores Park too. That, that's yeah, true. it's true. <laughs> you always see like these, have you seen those like big inflatable couch things? Oh, yes. Like swing around wildly, like trying to fill them up. It's no. so amusing to me. Like everyone is always doing this at Dolores Park. They're just like getting this big. Have you seen this, Laura? Uh, no. It's like a it's like an inflatable. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen them oh, being filled. Yeah. Oh man, it's the most amusing thing to watch ever because no one knows how to do it, and everyone tries something different. Like some people will just run, they'll just run in a straight line with one, and then they'll try and like close it up real quick. Like basically, you're trying to like get it full of air enough to the point that when you close it, then you could like sit on it, and it kind of becomes like a little cocoon couch kind of thing uh-huh. that you put on the grass, and you can like chill out in it. Dude, um, I feel like Dolores Park is pretty much what. I would summate as a hipster's paradise. It, it, yeah. <laughs> like, you know how there's a gangster's paradise in LA? <laughs> yeah. This is hipster's paradise. It's crazy. It's like every time it's a nice day in San Francisco, it's just overrun by San Francisco people under 30 or maybe over 30. It's yeah, the it's most like, unemployed people per square yeah, foot on the planet. Pretty much. It's like, there's nothing is. else like it anywhere. Is there? I guess in New York there probably is, but LA I don't feel like has... Like a, a place like park. that where the hipsters can just go and right. <laughs> it truly is any inflate sunny, a couch <laughs> like a, a sunny weekend like it was uh, yeah. this this whole weekend um, is just it just is packed to the gills there. Yeah. I mean, it was like it's like a free outdoor party. Every yeah, it was weekend. like a mid seventies day. It was like a ideal day to like just hang out in a park because it wasn't yeah. like so hot that you couldn't even be outside. But it was also right. like it was just perfect. So yeah, I, I like went and hung that out. That is pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, it is. Oh yeah, I mean Dolores is like I it's I love it. Yeah. Like to get myself some mimosa ingredients and just uh, you know do some shit. 
I was I was working on sunblock. I actually also like to just go there. I, I actually just like went by myself and was just kind of uh, doing some drawing. I'm like working on storyboarding for a music video I'm working on. Oh right. So I kind of went there to like just kind of go to, there to work. Yeah right. Yeah. Hey, I mean I did <laughs> it's it. It's just so funny. They're like, I need somewhere to concentrate. Let me go to the Dolores Park hipster hangout <laughs> well, so on the here's weekend the, where I'm not going to get bothered by people inflating a couch. Well, that just amuses me. Or like, stripping down so you can see their balls. Right. Uh, yeah. They're, yeah. Guys are always just like bending over and doing some <laughs> interesting kind funny. of maneuvers. And yeah. I mean, you know, it's good observation material as well. But totally. it's it's nice to like have something to do by yourself, like whether it's read a book or yeah, whatever you want to do. Yeah, focus on something so you don't look like a, like a dork <laughs> that has nothing to talk about with anyone. Right. But I forgot the pro move of bringing sunglasses. So I couldn't really be <laughs> just like totally creeping on people. I had uh-huh. to like actually do something. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I was like reading a little bit and, uh, just, I don't know. It was like a nice, uh, it was a nice, just relaxing time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, know, that's, that sounds fun. I would, yeah. I would have enjoyed it myself if I'd have been invited, but it wasn't. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that you were busy, like um, being famous and shit. I believe you're right. <laughs> Laura's been doing commercials lately. Oh yeah. I heard about this. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. I've been getting into the acting scene. <laughs> Um, How's that been going? It's been cool. I've been getting cast for roles and stuff. It's freaking amazing. I just got four commercials in a row. Oh my god! Wow. And they're like le- semi-legit. Well, there three of them are industrials, and I think one of them is a real commercial. Uh, but yeah, that's been fun. Dominic, though, did you finish what you what you've been up to this week? Well, I mean, yeah, Dolores I mean, Park. Yeah, Dolores Park. Um, um, there is a there is another podcast that I could that I could talk about. I don't know if you guys have heard of S Town. Have you heard of mm. S Town? No. You heard of S Town? Have can't say I have. Okay. Well, you heard of Serial, right? Did you, either of you guys listen to Serial? Yes. yes. Okay. So it's a new spinoff of Serial <laughs> from the producers of Serial. Oh, yeah. Right. It's fucking incredible. I listened to the entire season already. Binged it really? all. Wait. They what's the They released the whole thing all at once, kind of Netflix style. Um, and it start like without giving away too much because obviously guys haven't listened to it and I wouldn't want to like spoil anything because uh-huh. it's kind of part of it is uh-huh. like you're there's many twists and turns but kind of the setup I would say mm-hmm. like just the initial direction of it though it expands mm-hmm. is um, this dude who you know works for NPR I think this American Life I think he's just like one of the reporters for them um, his name's Brian and uh, he gets a tip from this dude in this small Alabama town. Um, and he says that there's been a murder there and that everyone like knows who did it. But like he's just still he back. hasn't been, you know, um, informed. Uh, no, no. Like or. like he's just free. And like oh, okay. everyone in the town just kind of knows that he's the one who did it. But like no one's really doing Maybe anything actually. about it, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and so the, uh, this, you know, New York reporter from NPR or whatever is like, intrigued by it but then also really what becomes much more intriguing is this guy himself is just like a total the tipster is like a total character he is just like this bizarre fascinating like endlessly interesting dude Hmm. and you know you're hearing him and he's kind of like he eventually does go to the town uh the small town in the middle of alabama Mm -hmm. um and he is like interviewing people and he's trying to get to the bottom of what this mystery is or is not. Uh Uh, But ultimately it kind of expands into being maybe not what it seems and Mm -hmm. uh, other things begin to unravel, you could say. So it's all a true story. It's a true story. Yeah. Um, Kind of starts as a true crime thing, but it Uh really becomes actually more than that. It's not, I would say it starts similar to serial, but goes in a completely different direction pretty Uh quickly. Uh, but equally interesting, if not more interesting in other ways. Like it's a bit more um, heady, I would say. Uh-huh. It's a bit more like grand scale uh-huh. um, or just like there's some elements of just kind of global things. 
Um, I again just don't want to give away too sure. much, no, but you've I told, highly, you've highly I'm, recommend it to everyone. I was, I was completely intrigued, and I just could not help it. Anytime I was in the car for my commute all week, just like listening to that, and I had to know what happened next. Um, What's the I S stand for? Shit. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh man. The, I guess the actual. Uh, title of the show when you start listening to it that's the first twist guys not really it's not like important to the story but um but he's like the the title of the town or the title of the show is shit town but then oh. for the for like <laughs> podcast or whatever it's called s town <laughs> um i i heard about is this the same thing maybe i misunderstood i thought that i heard that the woman who had done um serial who you're saying did, did that right sarah Koenig. that she also did she write a book recently um, or is this I don't know just about her that, but she thing. did make. Oh no, she she's not the host of this. Brian is. It's just oh, like okay. a. But she did help, like I think, produce it in some oh, way. She okay. was one of the producers on it, and so was Ira Glass. And okay, um, they just have like an all star team of like right. people over there who are just doing. I mean, really, part of that's so interesting is just the storytelling is incredible. I mean, it really is like a audio book. It's like a uh-huh. great novel. Is uh-huh. what it seems like. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like every um, every uh, chapter or whatever, every episode like ends with a interesting kind of hook that like makes you want to listen i mean it was well the funny very well produced about serial was like every episode was like and here's the clincher (laughs) like every single fact that they would find out they would be like so this was normal but here's the clincher here's the smoking gun (laughs) yeah here's exactly (laughs) and it was always something that was not that big a deal (laughs) i kind of get you honestly (laughs) this repeated themselves a lot but but this is interesting though in some ways though this is better than serial because because he already knows the full story and he has clearly crafted this into a beginning middle and end it really feels like a complete story Hmm. that because it already happened like it's actually been going over the course of like four years that he's been working on this three or four years something like Mm -hmm. that um and uh yeah so it really feels like a complete story that he is presenting to you and it's like i think actually more thought out than cyril was because cyril was kind of week by week like here's what you've learned which is kind of cool it was was very cool like in real time in a way yeah but i wonder how it is now like going back and listening to it when it's not live because i was listening to it live and i was like oh shit i wonder if this is like she's gonna solve the crime at the end of this you know which would be an impossible task in a way like i mean it would be great obviously i'm sure that's what they wanted i just want to know what happened with adnan like since since that whole podcast Mm -hmm. came out because it was actually life-altering you know what i mean for oh yeah a real person <laughs> i think he so that was the really compelling factor I think, they've given a couple updates but i kind of forget what they were honestly yeah but it was yeah it was really interesting anyways um, um what have you been up to though oh just acting you know being a superstar on some oh, industrial just, commercials actually not it's uh, blown up no i don't know just uh you're too big for this why are you still on this out? podcast because I feel sorry for you, honestly. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you're gracing us <laughs> with your like presence. Felt like you needed a friend. Um, no, but I I don't really have any friends, so <laughs> it helps me. Uh, oh, what else I've been up to? Let's yeah, see. What we have actually you been recorded up to? another podcast last night, so that was fun. <laughs> I think you were there, right? Oh my god, I was there. You were. That's right. I do remember that we yeah. recorded one of these. Oh, it's like this. It, kind of. Kind yeah. of. And uh, we did a little song and dance afterwards, mm. and that was really fun. And I was just telling Dominic how I've, I've been really enjoying having the series with him because it's a great excuse for us to have a sleepover every weekend. <laughs> and it's so fun. He comes over and he brings his PS2 or 4. It's, it's a 4. Um, <laughs> PS2 and, uh, was 15 years ago. It's he fine. Play- <laughs> I've never really been a PlayStation person, and 
because of Dominic now, I feel like I kind of am one. <laughs> Not that I ever really wanted to be one, but it's just been fun getting to know some of these games that have been, you know, sort of more popular than the games I like, which are usually just regular NES games or Super Nintendo all the way up to Nintendo 64 games. Those, those are the three systems that I prefer. Um, <laughs> You're old school. But, but it's good, though. It's oh, good. yeah. Good games Come on. What? classic yeah they're just i mean they're not just classic but i just feel like it's just good straightforward gameplay that it's not you know it's not it's what i'm used to <laughs> i like that game that we played on the on dominic's ps4 oh, yeah, yeah that's the liar um, one and i bought it you did oh he's talking about uh jackbox party pack i think that's what it's called yeah um but like it comes with like five games. mini games basically yeah and they're kind of like board games that involve the tv and you like um, it connects to your phone, so you're kind of like pl- you're plugging up all together into one room or one game, and the TV is kind of like giving you these like bizarre instructions. And, um, yeah, it's but cool though. I was so excited after we played it. I went home, looked it up. It's on pretty much every platform. Yeah. Oh, so really? that's also something else I was doing this week. Oh, oh did cool. you get to play it with like some other people? Yeah. Cool. That's Which fun. um pretty much three or four times already this week. <laughs> Dang, are you getting you're getting some Wait, mileage so out of it? So what system did you play it on? My computer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I figured it Oh, out. nice. Do you not have a PS4? <laughs> but you don't need it to get this game. You can um, have it right. on whatever. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Well, anyway, we played uh, Inside last night, or I was introduced to that game last, last night, which my brother was really um, encouraging me to get into. Never heard of it. I love it. It's like a oh, really would, dark... It was freaking me the hell. I was like screaming out loud every time I died, which was a <laughs> have, lot. <laughs> have you played in or uh, sorry, have you played Limbo or heard of Limbo at all? It's like a 2D almost black and white kind of game. Yes. Yeah. And is that the one where you manipulate light or shadows? There are no, points. That's... There are points oh. when you do that, yeah. No, he, I'm talking about the the prequel. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Uh, to this inside, right? Though it actually isn't connected in a direct way, but they are very similar stylized. This is just like a it's a side scroller, mm-hmm. so your options platformer. are limited, limited. Uh, but yeah, you just yeah, yeah, it's like a platformer. Yeah, but it's and very dark and like yeah, it's really dark. you die in very gruesome, fucked up ways. And it's like nice. you're a kid, so it's just even it's, I don't know. And it's there's not that much music in it. There's like a lot of sound design, but there's moments where it's just total silence, and it really feels like you know. You're alone. It's very like evocative and eerie and yeah, kind of Lynchian. Yeah, it's pretty Lynchian. Yeah, but it also has like, well, I we didn't play that long, but it, I wasn't sure what the uh, location or time zone was of the uh, the game. So I was wondering if it was like taking place during World War II. Yeah, it's all like very vague. It's and very like, mysterious, yeah, it's very cryptic in the beginning. And the style is very like German expressionist a little too. Yeah, like totally. It's, got this it's just cool the art style is incredible and yeah, yeah i really love that game but i don't know if i would say i loved it i just it was oh, a little too scary for me <laughs> i feel like I'm really? such a pussy these days but yeah i, I don't know but it's I, like in this bizarre way it's not like directly scary it's more just like it dark. was scary to me it was like psychologically manipulating me into being really it makes scared. you feel uncomfortable yeah I it was say. like suspenseful yes yeah, suspenseful. it's suspenseful and just Thrilling. you feel like yeah. you're really in danger of dying <laughs> and you don't know Which how you are, you're going to die. Like you have, you have no idea in what way you are, you're in danger. Like anything could pop out at any, t- any time. And mm-hmm. you know, like in good old fashioned NES games, <laughs> you can know how to avoid dying at least. Or if you don't you avoid that first, sometimes huh? uh, it's a similar thing. Sometimes. Like, well, yeah, like or whatever, where you're like, I don't know. 
No, like no. you die a lot, but then you're like, okay, that's how I don't do that. Well, you can figure out how, yeah, how to avoid death, but at least you can see what's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of the games, that I don't know, it's just you. it's not the same. It's it's more fun. It's more friendly. I like Nintendo. It has a friendly, good, old fashioned, like wholesome vibe, and I've always felt like <laughs> PlayStation is much very gray and kind of like too cool for school kind of. Vibe. What are you talking about? There's all sorts of games. What about I mean, Overcooked are... game? That Overcooked game, colorful as fuck. That's true. It's different now, but back in like <laughs> PlayStation One days before you were born. Um, Whoa! I had a PlayStation One. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever. That was early nineties. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, but I just never, I never connected with it. You know, I don't like that gray feel. Mm. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Always been a PlayStation boy myself. I feel like I was an N sixty four. Yeah, N sixty four and like Super Nintendo. I those feel like have those games. just amazing, really vibrant colors that really pull you into a fun, friendly world. And it's just I like that feeling. I like, like I'm a Disneyland person, not a Magic <laughs> Mountain person. Does that make sense? It's the same thing. Okay, I same concept there. Sure, sure, mm. sure. It's like I like the good vibes, not bad vibes. Mm. But I do enjoy a good thriller every once in a while. Yeah, anyway. I mean, we've watched a lot of dark movies. Yeah, on this we have. Podcast, I did used to be obsessed with like weird, dark, bizarre stuff, but just in a different way. Mm-hmm. I like shocking things, I guess, but I'm kind of getting, I'm moving away from that more now in my life. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, let's talk about, uh, let's move to our main topic of the day slash evening um, train spotting two. Uh, or, sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. T2 train spotting two. Yeah. To be precise. Um, now, this movie is directed by Danny Boyle, who is actually the original director of the uh, 1996 uh, original film, Train Spotting. Um, and the film, this uh, sequel, I mean, uh, is about Mark, who is the main character of Train Spotting 1. Um, he goes back to his hometown after 20 years. Uh, and again, this is 20 years after the original film. So it's just kind of like a natural progression, I guess you could say. Uh, and he reconnects with his old friends. Um, oh, and it's actually the same cast, too, of mm-hmm. at least the main four uh, dudes. Yeah. And yeah. it seemed like a couple others were the same people, Johnny right? Johnny Lee Miller, Ewan McGregor, yeah. that other guy. Yeah, the <laughs> dude who plays Spud. Spud. <laughs> the other Ewan. I think it's there's two Ewans. Ewan? And it's like really? a different last name. Which one? The one who plays I think the dude who plays Spud is also named Ewan. Oh, really? Actually, I could be wrong true. about that. Anyways, um... And yeah, so he goes back and he kind of reconnects with his old friends and, um, you know, uh, I guess similar things uh, transpire, drugs and and, uh, violence and all sorts of things such as that. Sorry, it's Aiden Haggerty who plays Spud. Oh, no, sorry. That's not. No, no, that's age nine. You're right. Ewan Bremer. Bremner. Yeah. Bremner. There you go. A couple Ewans. Um, Yeah. So we just watched this movie. Uh, We haven't we haven't chatted about it quite yet. Yeah. one thing is we will at first talk about the movie in kind of like a broader sense uh, without s- any spoilers. Um, and then at a certain point, we will get into spoilers, but we'll make that clear. So if you haven't seen the movie and you still want to listen to just our first impressions, uh, then you could still keep on listening. So what did you guys um, think? And like without spoiling anything, what did you guys uh, think about this movie? I, I enjoyed it. You know, it made me want to go back and watch Trainspotting 1 again, uh, which I haven't seen in years. But... I will say, damn, that Johnny Lee Miller, he's still got it going on. Right. <laughs> he's Actually, hot. <laughs> oh, uh, you brought up a good point. He looks point. like really good. He seems to have aged very well, I feel. Wait, I'm sorry. Who is this? Johnny Lee Miller, the one who plays Simon. Like Simon? The, the cokehead. <laughs> oh, the blonde? Yeah, the blonde. Oh, yeah. He was the most attractive of all oh, of them. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'm, lo- glad we're, I'm glad we're getting to the meat of the matter here. But it's, cut, it's interesting. Well, both he's of in, those guys are pretty handsome. Pretty handsome. You and McGregor, too? I mean, yeah, he's fine. I've, 
I think Ewan McGregor was super hot in Trainspotting One. Oh but yeah. He's oh not, yeah. He's just not as much. Johnny Lee Miller has this like certain structure to his face that is highly attractive. I find. He has grown into a, a quite a man. Quite a man indeed. <laughs> um, but why don't we briefly just mention? So I have seen Trainspotting One, uh, but I haven't seen it in probably like ten years at this point. Um, I've never seen the original. Yeah, so I got the standalone experience. Right. right. So Alex has kind of, you have a unique film. experience. Uh, so I'm actually like really interested to know How what you know? thought of yeah, it. I liked it in general. I thought the cast was pretty good. Um, it was, you know, a lot of really serious subject matter <laughs> that yeah. they kind of give this lightness of feel to. Mm-hmm. Um and then there is maybe one kind of one serious moment in the whole movie that happens right. for like five seconds. At the end. Um, there's the, this conversation that two of the characters are having. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe in a bar. and they, the, girl, the girl and the guy. The girl okay. and the right. guy. I just wanted to double check what you're talking about. But go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Besides that, it was a pretty fun movie. Right. Um, that one, that was like the one moment where they, yeah, just had a message. But did they have a message? I don't know. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think there's. We'll talk more yeah. specifically about that scene. I think because that's something that I do want to talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you, you seem like you you liked it. Um, that's kind of. I like liked your... it. It was a little long. Yeah. Um, really? I agree definitely with that. very. You know, I mean, I felt like I. I figured out what was going on, mm-hmm. um, not immediately, um, kind of has uh, that, um, yeah, it's got that, a little bit of that feel of, you know, uh, Snatch and like collage. Ocean's Eleven kind of, oh, okay. uh, yeah, just where stuff is happening. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, uh, it's a high energy movie. Yeah, definitely high energy super stylized ultra stylized i would even say um and that's kind of like danny boyle's mo he's and a lot of music lots uh, of yeah the music was I really, great i actually yeah i really like great the soundtrack. soundtrack um again i mean yeah, the original yeah. has an incredible soundtrack as as does this um yeah i, I thought the music was cool i loved the okay. amount of it like it just really mm-hmm. it seems like every scene or two <laughs> would like bring in another at least a piece of music just to, like it's whip it to the next yeah it's a musical oh this is actually the latest musical of the, <laughs> of the 21st century yeah but definitely a pretty cool aesthetic i think and um for me also um i have even though i haven't seen the first one i have seen most of the star wars movies <laughs> so <laughs> Um, so you feel like you so had a I good got a education. little bit of Star Wars in this because even Ewan McGregor is uh, he's oh, like right. a Jedi Obi-Wan in Star Kenobi. Wars. <laughs> he um, plays Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So that's one of my associations. So with this is him. the unofficial sequel to Star so Wars. So I knew he was just this. Yeah, he was like a being of kind of pure goodness. Uh huh. <laughs> so that was your first time being introduced to Ewan McGregor was through Star Wars. I don't recall. Oh. Yeah. Well. No. I hate to be the Debbie Downer of the uh, table here, but I like kind of didn't really like this movie that much. Yeah. I was uh, a little disappointed by it. I think maybe I liked it less than you guys. Um, I didn't love oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good and watchable and all. I mean, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I thought it was okay. 
Oh, okay. Well, then I guess I, I didn't am, love it. Okay, I, I was actually getting the impression I you guys maybe liked it more than I did. Cause I mean, I, I thought it was long, but watchable. I wasn't like, when the hell are we getting out of here? <laughs> <laughs> right. Why did you not like it? You know, I just thought that um, it's something that I hear a lot about Danny Boyle that I don't actually always agree with, and it's style over substance is what a lot of people will say mm-hmm. is Danny Danny Boyle. And I actually really thought that a lot, this movie. I mm. thought it was style over substance often. And and I don't always think that about his movies. I actually really liked, I liked Slumdog Millionaire, which was a previous film of his mm-hmm. that many people were that, like, so. oh, this is all style over substance. It's like, it's just all like flashy, but nothing of like substance, whatever. Um, and a lot of people say that about a lot of his movies. Um, this, I think maybe for me was the worst example of the ones that I've seen of his. I... I thought it, the style was very strong and cool, but also there was times that the style kind of like bothered me. It actually like uh-huh. got in the way of things. Uh-huh. Like right off the bat, um, and this isn't a spoiler or anything, it happens like two seconds in the movie. Subtitle? Like, Yeah, like these weird subtitle things that like pop up on the screen. And I was like, oh my God, is this really going to happen the entire movie? I was like, but I don't want... it didn't want- happen the entire movie. It didn't happen the entire movie, but then I was like, well, why did it happen for like one scene and then one scene in the middle of the movie, but then like never again? Was it... Was it actually just because you're, he, he's like... Then I was thinking, wait, was he just trying to like ease us into their accent or something? I, that's like, what it seemed like, actually. And then and then after that, it was like, he's like, all right, I guess they're talking clear enough now, so it's but fine. But kind of the presence of the subtitles feels like making a joke about the accent to me. Yeah. Uh, because also, not it wasn't just subtitled. It was like stylized yeah. subtitles. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... Like, they were misspelled in the way that they were saying it, that kind of stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that the <laughs> characters themselves would have... It implied that those the characters would have spelled the words that the same right. way. Like, if you look at yeah. the writing that Spud does later sure. on, he's writing, like, I as an A-H. Mm-hmm. Like, all didn't know, all didn't know, or whatever. <laughs> I'll think so. It was spelled A-H. Right. So he wrote in his, like, you know, phonetic way. And I guess, so I, that's the style, right? I thought the style was pretty cool with some kind of like o- overly cheesy kind of shit, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the substance, I also thought was like not really there. Like what was the through line of this movie? It seemed like a series of um, scenes that were happening to like get to maybe a cool moment uh, of like visual interest. And it seemed like they're trying, they like, okay, they're getting some money to like, whatever and then like it just seemed like things were happening and maybe i was just wasn't paying close enough attention but i just felt like it was a little bit of all over the place it was just like many little things were happening but i don't know it, like what is the through line of this movie like what um, is this movie how would yeah. you even what would you say this movie is about it's well about- my guess okay. is that well part of my guess is you know i didn't see the first movie but i have some exposure to this yeah you know it has like a cult following i've heard of it mm-hmm. so many times um and i get this sense that the first movie um you know these guys are like handsome young guys uh-huh probably had this element of making heroin and drugs really sexy and um so i, I think maybe maybe the substance of this movie is here's these characters 20 years down the line and they all kind of suck. Right. Um, like all these guys are not that sexy and cool. Maybe the one guy is pretty sexy. Yeah, but kind of, he's kind of like of having a lot of frustrating times. Right. Um, Johnny Lee Miller. 
and uh, and the lack of substance perhaps was an artistic choice, like a reflection sure. of their yeah. characters. I, I'm sure yeah. he's aware that it that it is kind of a style over substance thing. It's like a whoa, cool, we're like back in this world and shit. But to me, it felt like exactly what it was, which is it felt like a movie that the a, a director made 20 years after the original with the same cast it felt like that like, like it, felt like, it felt like a cool hit story. movie it felt like a cool hit movie sequel 20 years later it's like plus then, apparently nothing happened to any characters <laughs> over those 20 years yeah because no, wait, that's not true <laughs> there's a little bit but like but not, not a lot not well, a lot Ewan mcgregor said he moved to amsterdam and he like got a job as an accountant or whatever and he pretty much his he right, was he's kind of like grown up in a way. He kind of grew up, but then he found himself back in the same like kind of empty space that he was in before he did kind of live his life outside of that world. Uh-huh. But I think there is some substance to the movie. I mean, for one, there's like lots of substance abuse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's substances. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> but also, it's about. I mean, let's see. Okay, the movie is very nostalgic for the first train spotting obviously it's kind of like they want to relive the magic and they're kind of really creating a whole scenario that's very similar to the first one and it's just like a a slightly different story but it's almost the same thing i mean trying to get money they literally use one of them betrays them they use a remix of that iggy pop song that was like the iconic song for that movie like the original train spotting uses that like what, what's this, what's that song called exactly but they use like a life yeah, less of course, right? Oh, less yeah. for life, and they use a remix in this version, like a, a more like electronic, like harder kind of remix. And I was like, okay, this is like a great metaphor for this entire movie. But they, I think that they're aware of the fact that it's sort of a repeat. It's like they talk about how history repeats itself, and yeah, you know, I think there's like the, there's this one monologue that Ewan McGregor gives in the middle of the movie about Chu's life, and that's that moment. As cheesy as it okay. kind of seemed. A little bit. <laughs> I thought he delivered the monologue really well, and I really resonated actually with what was being said in that monologue. Oh man, um, I did. I thought you know he could have made it way cheesier, but he actually didn't make me cringe. Mm. A little was, tiny I, bit cringe. I was cringing. I didn't like that moment. I cringed a little bit myself. I mean, I, I thought that was really I took, it took me out of his character. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I think it came he out. Was, Good. I thought he did a good job, actually. I, I thought know. he did a good good job overall. Like most of the movie, the acting wasn't the thing that was bothering me really. It was just like the situations that these well, old dudes are finding themselves in. Were like, what are you guys doing? Like, you no, because it's kind of a, like a once a loser, always a loser type of thing. You know, they they're kind of up to their so. old antics. But do I want to watch but a movie also, about that? Do I want to watch a movie about a bunch of old dudes who like still haven't figured it out? Like, it's well. I think you you actually brought up a good point, Alex. Like, I think maybe part of what made the original so cool was that it was like some young dudes who haven't figured out their life yet and they're like getting into trouble and it's like a youthful kind of feel to the movie and and the youth i think is actually a kind of crucial element of that kind of movie to me Uh to watch these like these same characters now in their like 40s or whatever um doing just basically like getting back into the same shit i was like okay but it it's like not the same now (laughs) But Honestly, kind of, oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I, I, it's not exciting to watch when it's like a middle-aged people like oh, getting into... That uh, Johnny Lee Miller, he looked good. <laughs> he still I mean, looks good. Yeah, he, he still, looks I good. I think that they still do have a... He, they did still have a little bit of a youthfulness to them. 
I suppose. To a degree. So. I mean, but I also understand why you would think, you know. It's like, why? It, here's a question. Uh, and then we'll get it into spoilers in a second. not that great. I mean, uh-huh. it was about some old dudes who were basically trying to relive their past. Like, do you think Do you think it's it was worth making a sequel? Like, do you think that this story was worth telling? I think so. Sure. Really? Because there's people that still like the first movie. Yeah. And this movie was probably made for them. And, I love the and first it, movie. And it's and it even is yeah, it, it's even about that too. It's like about revisiting the past and that's what this movie does. It uh shows you some old pictures of you and McGregor, yeah. shows you some new ones. Uh, and yeah. then it seems every, very and, self-aware. And, like, and, and it's and like so they'll I do a flashback that. to some old scene and then he'll just react to that. Doing that exact same expression <laughs> uh-huh. and action. That yeah, like one the, the moment, car I, moment where he's looking at Oh, and that's smiling. my least favorite that moment was of the so whole dumb. Movie. Wait, I'm sorry, wait, what? When What's he that, that he iconic, gets hit by a car and then he's he, looking in the car and he's like smiling kind of in a weird way. Yeah, he like smiles at the driver like like I'm wild, man. Right? You yeah, don't, exactly. You don't even know what my life is about. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then he oh, runs man. off. That right. was like, the so happy part. that he's just, you know, yeah. doesn't know what he's gonna do next. His right. arm is bleeding, and he and got plus hit by it's a, a total reference and, to the first and movie. He's got oh ultimate yeah, they freedom. actually showed the first movie doing that in this movie. Yeah, there's like one iconic scene of the first movie too. Yeah, Alex is like. like he, they're like running away from whatever the fuck they're running away from, and this like car hits him. They actually show Wait, that. Scene. Alex knows he was oh, just I'm sorry. saying that. He okay. basically just. Well, I thought you were saying about the, the, the flashback so many times. Yeah, they did the flashback oh, okay. and the the you know the. I think that flashback happened twice in this <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, it, it did. Right, like an iconic scene from the first movie. They're just like. Well, fuck it. We'll just show that again. <laughs> Maybe they just made the movie sh- purely to make mo. money off yeah. of it. <laughs> Maybe they were like, look, we had enough people who like want to live in the train spotting world so bad that they're going to just buy tickets to see this movie. So who cares if it sucks and it's substanceless or whatever? Like maybe they just did it out of purely business. Well, for me, the answer is a clear no. I did not think that this story was worth like treading back to a classic movie to like make a sequel personally. It's like some things are just better left untouched. In my eyes, right. I would much prefer this movie to have never happened. Not that I actually think it's a terrible movie, but I just think <laughs> it's like, I think if you're going to make a sequel to a classic movie 20 years later, mm-hmm. that's really like kind of a statement. That's like, oh shit, we found a story that was good enough to go back to this material with the same actors and the same director, and mm-hmm. we're going to fucking tell this story. We don't care how much slack or, or how much um, flack we're going to get. Slack. <laughs> slack. <laughs> I guess they're, they're um, not getting any slack. Um, the opposite of slack. To like make this movie, and, and you know what? I got it, and it's worth it, and we're going to do this shit. And it's like, this wasn't, I think, worthy of kind of, in a way, tainting the train spotting name. Well, okay, but here's the thing. The first one did end with a little bit of an open-ended situation. He, like, situation. Takes, he takes the money oh, and runs. spoilers for the first movie, but yeah. he takes the money. <laughs> and so it is kind of a then what type of thing. Do they just never see each other again? So this is sort of like what happened after that. Sure, but Which like, is kind of, I don't know. I thought it was it was basically a f- kind of fun movie that you don't, I don't think you're really meant to think that hard about it. I know, but it's, I, it I really guess it's about, hard. It's maybe hard the to, filmmaker, you know, just did some growing up himself and he's thinking about his legacy like well i made this you know movie that's like glorification of heroin but you know now i have kids and you know i need to you <laughs> yeah, know, like just kind of <laughs> make it look a little less good right yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally uh-huh. yeah yeah uh-huh. I, I get what you mean i mean maybe that's part of it but i did think that actually the characters do have an, a, a fun chemistry that seems you know they have good chemistry 
And mm-hmm. I liked that. I liked the chemistry between Johnny Lee Miller and Ewan McGregor's characters. Um, that girl with the buck tooth. That girl, I didn't really care for. <laughs> she was the least, the character I least was um, invested in. But um, I feel like they had to have a girl like that in this movie because in the other, the first one, it was that other girl who's now a lawyer in the story. <laughs> she was the original like hot girl that was in the movie. Right, right. Hot young like. Yeah, I also got to say that girl. every time that they had a flashback, I was like, "Oh shit! I think I want to watch that movie." Me too. You know, I was like, I'd <laughs> oh, much yeah. prefer to just throw on Train Spotting right now. Yeah, I, it, it actually made me. Watching this movie just made me really want to watch the original again. Yeah. Because um, I was seeing all those flashbacks and like remembering all the cool shit that happened in that movie. <laughs> it's like this this movie is like a weird trailer for the first movie. Right. In a way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I hope Train Spotting 2 brings about people to watch Train Spotting 1. That's <laughs> what I hope from this movie. <laughs> T1. <laughs> yeah, what so the why fuck's did up they with call the T2? T2? Is this supposed to be a weird like parallel to Terminator, Terminator 2? 2. Like, is there a certain analogy going on? <laughs> are we supposed to judge this movie much like we are? Judge, it's the judgment day of T2. <laughs> I agree with all that stuff you said about the movie and how it shouldn't have been made. But also, mm-hmm. I do feel like it was pretty watchable and had enough elements... Um, just of unpredictability that I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, who would live, who would die. Yeah, um, by the end. Uh, anyway, so now we can. T- we'll just talk about anything. So if uh, you do care about spoilers, now would be the time to turn okay. off the podcast. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about that and the last uh, scene? I just liked the last shot. I thought it was cool. Oh yeah, we're in the that bedroom infinite and like, hallway. Yeah, uh, and I like the train. Yeah, that was bizarre <laughs> and unexpected, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh man, I'm, again, I'm the Debbie Downer of this table, but I really didn't like the last shot. That was really? actually something I noted as like really didn't like it. I mean, well, what? I like the concept of that shot, but what I hated was the fact that like, it was what like are we this, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or something? Well, what are we like getting some fucking cheap ass special effects to make an endless hallway that ends up looking like a train? Like we're inside of the train. Choo choo. Was Ewan like, McGregor in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy the movie? Oh, I don't know. I think he was. I just really hated that it was CG. I mean, oh. I like couldn't get over that. Like it seemed like at first maybe they actually did make a long, uh, for a, for just a little bit, mm-hmm. but then it just became this like. Just- it looked like a cheap effect, actually. It uh, didn't even look good to me. Really? It looked like a cheap, like, it looked like a video game kind of like, uh, let's just repeat this one section of, of this wall's texture over and over again. And like, it looked like a bad job in a way. I was just okay with it, you know? I, actually, I like it conceptually. I it. And I liked, obviously, I love that Iggy Pop song. So I was like, all right, yeah. that's cool. You're bringing that back. And I just felt like there was other scenes. I, I thought specifically the talking about the... Uh, that conversation that they have about like modern life or whatever with Ewan McGregor. Uh, and the like take choose life. Yeah, the choose life monologue. Bit. I thought it was so like overwrought and like yeah, like here's the message. <laughs> it's time for the message now. And it just seemed like a message that was delivered from like a twenty year old or something <laughs> yeah. in the nineties. Yes. Uh, and it's like, wait, aren't you grown up now? And isn't yep. this the future? Uh, but um, I think that he was talking about how even after 20 years, 
he finds the same truths. I don't know. He's like, people are still on the now. They're just on the Facebooks and the Twitters and the everything is bullshit, man. I don't know. I kind of I I it resonated with me for some reason, like the stuff that was being said in that in the monologue. But I liked some of what was actually maybe I haven't grown up either. (laughs) Maybe I have. It was being said was just kind of like. Right, it was like know, really it, excitable. It was just <laughs> it was like, like so intense. They're right. just making it so grand and intense, and like bringing in this like right. stock footage or not necessarily stock footage, but like random footage, like someone kicking a ball and like whatever. It's like all this like or imagery of found, kids, found like yeah, found footage. Like they're really making this like this epic, you know, moment of like clarity. Insight like oh my god, I see it all. Life. But I was like, you're not, you don't got me. Like mm. it just wasn't, it wasn't just clutching seemed- me. <laughs> seemed cheesy, lame, and pretentious, and it like was, yeah, kind of like cringeworthily hideous, bit, like diarrhea-inducing, kind of vomitous. But again, I don't want to be too neg- <laughs> I don't want to be too negative on the film because I did like it enough to like keep watching, even if it was even if I was at home, I like wouldn't turn it off or anything. I was like, I did want to know was going to happen. But I mean, look, who honestly went into this movie thinking this is going to be awesome. Train spotting too. No, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, I right. You. No, I get you. Come on. Like My as if that movie doesn't low. seem like it would have <laughs> a, a, a sequel. It just doesn't seem like the type of movie that should have a sequel. No. And I think we both went into it thinking it was going to be really stupid. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was why I kind of felt like, well, I guess it was okay. Because <laughs> my expectations were really, really low. There's that one storyline about the, you know, really kind of pathetic looking nice guy spud, spud um, you know and he's like so desperate and like suicidal mm. and um, I mean his story seems very sad and he has nothing and no one mm-hmm. and then they just kind of um, yeah make light of his suicide attempt and then he's like a real pushover to like his path to recovery it's just like he gets a visit and he's like yeah I will go for a jog right, like, right, and right. then he's just like the most enthusiastic <laughs> jogger of all time he's like yeah <laughs> like I can do anything uh, and uh, yeah his story seems a little really easy um, but he falls right back into it yeah, he does end does up he, doing. Uh, yeah. yeah, they do do a little bit of back and forth where he's recovering, but then he's curled up in a blanket. But then they seriously cut at one moment from him being <laughs> shivering <laughs> with a blanket on a dark floor, straight cut to him walking happy, sunny out of some grocery store <laughs> wearing like hipster glasses. Right. Um, Same glasses so guess, from part you know, one, by the way. That's he never montage. lost. It's like he's having the low times and recovering at the same time uh-huh. um, yeah but right. it just all they uh yeah they gave a lot less weight to his story um even though so yeah i don't know i felt bad for that character i was like you know what even just in the movies this guy doesn't get that much attention <laughs> paid to him yeah i liked spud um just as sort of like a i mean i guess he's always just even in the first one, was sort of this like bizarre, in a way, comic relief. He's the Olaf the Snowman. <laughs> Olaf the Snowman, what's that? It's a character from Frozen. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Didn't see it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, past. It's like it might mo- be good, though. It's like the most popular movie of all time. I personally took it's a pass. What? It's like the most popular movie of all time. Yeah, oh, for like. Even more popular than Finding girls. Dory. <laughs> Finding Dory, yeah. the sequel to Finding Nemo. Correct. <laughs> it surpassed the uh, the original. Yeah, talk about bizarre looking characters. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. Anyway. Another sequence that I'm specifically remembering was Ewan McGregor, M- McGregor, M- McGregor has, has Ewan like, McGregor. E- Ewan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his first name does already sound like it's kind of like a baby's accent. Like, Ewan. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> me uh, and McGregor? Yeah, me and McGregor. Old, you, old me and McGregor. You and McGregor. Me and you and you and McGregor. What did you guys do together? Well, anyways, so like he supposedly like hasn't, you know, done heroin right in like twenty years or whatever. Right. And then, and then just, they just have that one scene where just all of a sudden he does heroin. Relapse. And I was like, there's no weight to this scene. It just happens. And once. then afterwards, they're still and the same. They just, and they're yeah. fine. Nothing happens. They just go back I, I to like, what they were doing a second what the ago. Fuck? They just did heroin for the first time in, tw- or at least Ewan did for the first time in twenty years. Like, isn't this like a major deal? And I was like, what? Significance of that and happened to the movie just throw at all. off everything that they were doing. You could literally <laughs> take that scene, a scene where the main character of the movie takes heroin after not taking heroin in 20 years. You could remove that scene and the story does not change whatsoever. It was like just there to like to be like, a visual experience. Right, right. And I'm like, what was the point of that scene? Or many scenes in this movie. To show that these good old pals, they're still best friends because they can still do heroin together. <laughs> but the dude has been sober for 20 years and he relapses. No, and kidding. that's like a. N- it was. You're right. I totally agree. It was like ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Like that actually it bothered me. I was like, okay, you're just. This is just to have a, mo- a scene in the movie where Ewan does heroin yeah, again. Yeah, it seemed like. Par- it seemed posery. Yeah, it did. And yeah. I just felt like what. There's- Which is what people mean by style over substance. It means you're a poser. I think that it just seemed like an excuse to kind of yeah. let the fr- viewers who like the first one relive the world again. Well, I didn't see the first one anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> you should go back and watch the first one. I, yeah, I mean, maybe. Should, maybe. It's better than this one. Let me tell you that much. I saw it's, Requiem for a Dream, so I felt yeah. like I didn't have to see Train Spotting. <laughs> oh, totally different in my opinion. Oh. Yeah, they're different because Requiem for Dream is very heavy. Yeah, and it's way heavier. I think Train Spotting is more of a comedy, actually. Yeah. Mm. Dark comedy. I mean, it's dark. It's like this. It's like, ha 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 drugs. <laughs> you know? Whereas Requiem for a Dream is like, oh my fucking God. You do drugs, drugs you're going down. Yeah. You're dying. It's like, that's like a hellish kind of take yeah, on drugs. It's t- totally, yeah. It's kind of actually the pol- in a way, it's a polar opposite way to talk about drugs, I, I guess. Like making it's light of it. It's basically a strong PSA against drugs, whereas right. train spotting is you like, know do drugs do? and you'll be a hot fucking rock star right. type guy. Totally. should make uh, a R2. <laughs> Requiem 2 Requiem 2 Oh Requi- shit <laughs> Requiem for a wet dream <laughs> It's like all the same cast <laughs> <laughs> Yeah get Jared Leto back And he's like he's Jennifer like, Connell. Well I joined 30 Seconds to Mars But I still gotta do heroin Damon Wayans <laughs> like, I was in t- Dallas oh, yeah. Buyers Club for oh, yeah. about a year Loved it Loved it Marlon Wayans. And here I am back on R2 Requiem, R2. Requiem wet dream 2 <laughs> I, I would see it, and I'd probably feel the same way. Is like, why the fuck did they make this sequel? Well, what's uh? Do you have any final thoughts on Totally Tell Me, Laura? Um, no. No. On Totally Tell Me? Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, <laughs> on it's Train pretty Spotting much too? the best podcast, nope. and it seems like pretty much every other podcast should just stop right now. Yeah, I tend to agree uh, with that assessment. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but train spotting too. You're, you're. I'm done. You're done. I'm done. I'm done well, you know it. what? I'm done too. I think uh, this movie. I wouldn't recommend it. I would. I. I'd, I'd say pass. Pass on this one. Um, <laughs> Less but, uh, of a cult classic than the first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's Alex, my pr- prediction. Yeah, from Alex Weston, uh, the 
the th- one of three of us who has not seen the first. <laughs> uh, well, I will like actually expand on that. Just that it it really like was so bad that it couldn't even create. A, it didn't have any iconic moments of its own. It just kept yeah. referring back to the iconic moments that happened in the first one. <laughs> and the first one might actually lose some fans. Oh, I hope not. Because of this, maybe. <laughs> I hope not. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, well, I mean, thanks for uh, joining us, Alex. I appreciate yeah, you. Uh, thanks for you. having being, me. Being on the podcast here it's is a pleasure. Is there anywhere that uh, you want to like? Pl- pl- Do you want to tell people, people where they can see something? any juggling antics of yours? Um, just uh, yeah, look out for me on uh, the internet, Alex Weston. There you go. A L E X W E S T O N. Find them on the old Instagrams and Facebooks and uh, LinkedIn's and Tumblers and Twitterers and all sorts of fun social networks. Hello, hello. Because who oh, knows? Right, is that <laughs> he could be juggling your balls next. Oh, <laughs> you like that? It's okay. You don't have to like it. So this we has been it. totally tell me. Uh, we post episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Um, if you like it, share it with a friend and subscribe. Um, leave a rating on iTunes if you if you feel it. Um, our intro and outro music is by Laura and Anton. And uh, thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back next week, next Wednesday, with a new episode of Totally Tell Me. Yeah.